Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Welcome to today's show. When it comes to meditation, I think a lot of us hear a lot about it. It's definitely becoming more and more mainstream, but there also continues to be a lot of hesitation and confusion around meditation. A lot of people think that they don't have time to meditate or that meditation is just for new aged people or Buddhists or that meditation doesn't really work on serious problems. Well, All of that is not true, and today you'll learn how you can use meditation in just four minutes to create real sustainable change. I'll be speaking to my dear friend, Rebecca Baruki. I call her Bex, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, meditation, obviously. We're going to go through an experience, and you'll learn how you can begin to incorporate this tool into your life in a way that is fun and easy. On a personal note, last weekend, I saw Bex because I had a big party and it was so fun. So I hate February. Hate's a strong word. I don't I don't really hate anything, but I dislike February because if you uh, live in the East Coast, I feel like February is a one month where it just feels really long and really cold and there's not any great holidays unless you love Valentine's Day. So... Because I know that February is a month that I don't enjoy, I was on a mission to try to have a lot more fun this February, and I did that by hosting a party, which I called Beat the Winter Blues, and we have a a finished basement, and Lucas and I decorated the whole basement with, like, scenes of beaches and we had lays and we had tropical drinks and we turned it into a funny tropical paradise. <laughs> and and we also set up uh, a selfie station, which I just got a tripod where people could put their phones and I got a bright light and I put a beach background and some photo props that I bought on Amazon and people were taking some hysterical uh, selfies. So selfie stations for a party is like, it's my new favorite thing. I did it on a whim and it was such a big hit. So moral of that story, if there is a month in this year that you are not a fan of, try to find a reason to celebrate anyway. And now that I know every year we're going to do a Beat the Winter Blues party in February, I love February. Uh, And I also really love Bex. I had such a great time hanging out with her this weekend. She is the real deal. And people, she has five kids. I mean, not only is she, you know, has a successful blog and this great business, but she's doing everything with five kids. She is finding time to meditate with five kids. And uh, we go into all of that and so much more. You're going to love this episode. Um, a quick reminder that this show is sponsored by thetappingsolution.com. And right now, if you are listening to this in February, 
or the beginning of March, the Tapping World Summit, our yearly online event, is going on right now. This is 10 days where I interview the top experts in the field of tapping on some of life's biggest challenges, like financial challenges, relationship challenges, challenges around work. It is completely free if you want to buy the event, you can. You can own the CDs or you can download it. But if you want to listen live for these 10 days, it's absolutely free. No strings attached. So you don't want to miss out. You can go to the tappingsolution.com to learn more. I love you guys. This is an act of love. So spread the love. If you're inspired, write a review on iTunes. That's always very helpful. And simply enjoy. All right, welcome, Bex. Hello, thanks for having me. Hi. (laughs) So I want to just like paint the picture of what I look like right now for your entertainment. Well, first of all, it's snowing. We're like in the middle of a snowstorm. I know you're in New Jersey, so like you're experiencing it as well. Yeah, it just started. Oh, really? It's been going Mm -hmm. on here for a while, and it's like it's not even – just it's not like a regular snow. It I feel like I'm in a snow globe. Like it's like spinning around. It's just like you can't see in front of you. So That's awesome. It's great. There's no way to leave the house. And so instead I changed out of my pajamas into different sets of pajamas <laughs> that are flannel pajamas with snowflakes. So I'm having a snow day. Good. Um, <laughs> you, should. Good. you should treat yourself to a snow day every once in a while we we um you know people who work from home don't get to enjoy days off like other people people think we never work in fact we're always working so yeah we should have a snow day it's it's very true (laughs) it's very true and well I'm excited to chat with you today because it is we're going to be talking about how to release anxiety and overwhelm with everything mm-hmm. that's going on right now. And yes. we're not just talking about the snowstorm. We're also talking about the political storm, the media sure. storm, like feeling sure. absolutely completely overwhelmed. Um, before we dive into that, though, I want mm-hmm. to hear a little bit about you for those who might be new to your work. I mean, we're really close friends and um, I just love you to bits. And it, it it was really – like I started reading your book. It's funny when you have a friend and then you start reading their book and you're like, how did yeah. I not know that? Or like, <laughs> oh, wow, I have to ask them about that. But can you talk about how you were introduced to meditation and just a bit about, about your childhood and why it was something that uh, you felt like you really needed to dive into? Oh, gosh. It's so funny because um, every time I tell this story, I want to make it PG. But the truth is I was introduced to meditation by shoplifting. That's, yes. that's the real truth. <laughs> I was working in a used bookstore and I found a copy of Be Here Now by Ram Dass, a, a classic, uh, on the bookshelf. And I just thought it was the most beautiful book I had ever seen. And I had to have it. I was 15 years old. Let me just, you know, put yes. that out there. I was a kid. This is not was last 15. year. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was 15 years old. I'm 38 now. And I, um, I had to have it. It just, it called it to me. And I think that Ram Dass would be okay with that. I think he would be okay if I, I took the book because it was put to good use. I already had, um, a prayer practice because I grew up in a 
fairly religious household. My parents, um, you know, church was the center of our social life. So we went to church a lot, three times a week, three hours a session, and we read the Bible a lot and we prayed a lot. So that was already a conversation I was having. I already had, you know, conversations with myself and with my God on a regular basis. And this book, Be Here Now, introduced this you know, this Eastern philosophy, this idea of connection and oneness that I had not heard in that way before. And it really intrigued me. And it got me started on my exploration of, uh, you know, spiritual pursuits of different religions, of meditation, of, of all that good stuff that has now, you know, become an everyday you know, part of my life. Right. And we hear a lot about meditation. I think you take a really unique approach to it or you just make it more accessible because I think the challenge with something like meditation sometimes is that we hear it so often and we think like we might even think it's too simple. Like, oh, it's not really going to make that much of a difference when I am so incredibly overwhelmed. So what would you say Mm -hmm. to someone who – you know, they've, they've, maybe they've meditated once or twice, but they haven't had a consistent practice and they're not sure whether it's really worth it. I think people have a misunderstanding really of what meditation, not only what it is, but what it's for. A lot of people think that meditation is something that we use to reach enlightenment or to reach this state of complete peace and calm that's uninterrupted. And for me, I don't think that that's something that you can really achieve in this lifetime. I think that with everything going on and living in in a world, like for us who live in a regular world with social media and the news cycle and annoying neighbors and all that stuff, um, that's not something to even really look toward because it would be a very frustrating pursuit. So I I kind of push enlightenment off the table. Um, And people think that meditation is about sitting still and not thinking about anything and, you know, just oming a lot or, you know, I I don't know what they, you know, like sitting up on a mountaintop, you know, with the sun shining down on you or in a cave. But for me, it's about connection, simply Um, just connecting with yourself on a regular basis, hopefully every day, if not several times a day to check in and to ask yourself how am I feeling in this moment? Am I prepared for the next thing? Or to have a conversation with yourself, like everything's going to be okay. Or I'm here right now in, and I'm safe and I'm at peace, at least for this moment. And I can handle this. I can do this. I just have to get through this moment and then get to the next thing, the next one thing. So meditation is about, um, connection about careful contemplation of one thing at a time if you can um two things at a time if you can't and uh just you know taking breaks to allow yourself to navigate the really crazy hectic oppressive overwhelming world (laughs) that we're living in (laughs) oh yes thank goodness for meditation i want to read a paragraph from your book don't I knew you were gonna make some comment, but honestly, I read this and I was like, oh, I just was just so proud of you. I, or I don't know if it's, I was just inspired by you. I, I just love this. So it's from chapter two and it starts um, in quotes. It says, Yes, I see you. I recognize that you're a thinking, feeling person and I'm here to listen. End quote. Mm-hmm. That's the essence and magic of meditation. 
The gift of telling yourself that you matter and that you're worth time and attention. No pomp, no circumstance, no rules, just showing up for yourself with compassion and without judgment. When this is your practice, meditation can serve as a mirror and the lighthouse that leads you home. That's probably not going to be what you find when you type meditation into your browser search bar, but after all my years of reading, researching, and practicing, this is the most accurate definition of meditation that I can come up with. <sighs> Bex. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really love that because, you know, I have a, a tapping and a, and a meditation process. And for mm. me, they really go hand in hand. And that's what I feel like when I sit down. It's about giving myself a moment to listen. I think sometimes we feel overwhelmed and we don't even know why. We think we know why, but until we actually spend time with ourselves, we can't have that light that, you know, that shines. We can't get that clarity around, okay, what is really going on and how can I support myself? Instead, we're just running from one thing to another. Yes, 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 yes. And let's talk about time because that word, I think, is the scariest word for people who have such busy lives, who truly need meditation, because they're saying, I don't have the time. When do, when am I going to get a moment even to sit down and be quiet or not be disturbed by kids or, or email or whatever? And for me, why I, I you know, put out this, this four-minute practice, why I say you have four minutes to change your life, to meditate, it's because it really, truly, after practice, when you do it again and again and again, if you spend a couple minutes here and there, you start to cultivate this skill. You start to build this skill that allows you to tap in and ask the question and get the answer very quickly. When you train yourself to connect with yourself over and over and over again on a regular basis, your intuition speaks to you so clearly and so quickly that it's it's. Meditation can be a minute, really. It's just about taking that pause. So I don't want people to be scared and think that they have to take a lot of time to you know, think about the big questions of the universe or get to the root of their problems. They, they really just come up for you after practice. Right. Yes, I love that. And I think we, we definitely need that. So let's talk about anxiety and worry mm-hmm. because I feel okay. like a lot of us are experiencing that. And mm-hmm. um. I know that you share in your book, you're very vulnerable and you talk about your childhood and some of your struggles uh, Mm -hmm. and your experience with panic attacks. How Mm -hmm. has meditation helped you? Meditation serves as a pattern interrupt. Anxiety and my response to it has become a habit that I needed to reverse or needed to change into a new habit. So the old way was to start feeling anxious or worry about something and then quickly spiral into all of the things. So I'm worried about one thing and then I start thinking, like I'm worried about bills and then I start thinking about my future and my retirement and how I'm not going to have money when I retire. And then I'm thinking about the political climate and, and what if social security goes away and I don't have that either. And, and what if my you know investments go away? So it became this thing that I was actively engaged in. Like I was contributing to this worry by bringing the thoughts in and that would lead to a panic. And when I say panic, I mean, I was physically paralyzed like half of my body would go numb. I wouldn't be able to stand or move. I wouldn't be able to breathe. My lips would go numb. So a real 
panic attack by every definition. And what meditation has done for me is at least it's taught me. And I practice this outside of the moments of panic because you can't teach yourself really in them. Um, by, Wait, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost want to pause there for a second because I think sometimes when we are in that panic and later we reflect and we think, oh, why didn't I meditate? Why didn't I start <laughs> tapping? And it's like, right. let's be easy on ourselves. Like you were, we're in it. And when we are panicked, we are not resourceful. We don't have access to these tools. Now, that's why I say meditate every day, visit, connect with yourself every day, because that creates um, a habit that becomes like anything, like riding a bike. So you don't have to think about riding a bike. So now when I'm starting to feel anxious or I'm starting to just just worry, like let's just bring it, bring it down to base level, just like worry, everyday stress, I can automatically go to that tool because I've practiced it so much. And it can be just a sorting out type of conversation like, okay, what's happening right now? What am I worried about right now? What can I do about it right now? What can't I do about it right now? Like keeping myself in that moment and asking myself those questions, like what am I worried about? What's in my control? What's out of my control? And then what's the next step? And then sometimes I don't even get to what's the next step uh, because I, it's, it's more important for me to stay in the moment. But just that sorting out, just that naming the issue really helps to stop the downward spiral because right. it keeps me on that one thing. Which is a bit different um, than what some other people teach, which is when you meditate, you shouldn't have any thoughts. So you're saying oh that, that, you know, you're, that it is an opportunity to begin to acknowledge how you feel and to gain some clarity. For me, meditation is a conversation. So I enter into meditation with some kind of question or some kind of intention and if the intention is to remove distraction, to bring myself out of a chaotic situation, then it can lead to just focusing on one thing that's going to bring me peace. Like, for instance, last night, I'm a co-leader for my for my five-year-old's Girl Scout troop, and the noise level, I don't know what got into these <laughs> girls, but it was, it was like, <laughs> it was extreme. And and for me, who I am a very sensitive person when it comes to outside stimulus, I needed to remove myself for a moment. So the girls were all doing their snack time and the other co-leader was there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go into the other room for, for a second. You know, nothing dramatic. And I sat down and I closed my eyes and I put one hand in uh, inside the other. I did a little, like a little chalice mudra. Um, so I was holding my hands and I just focused on my breath. Just And it was like 10, maybe 15 breaths. And I could feel my body vibrating with anxiety. Like I could feel that physical manifestation of the stress. And slowly, by the time I got to the last few breaths, like I felt, I felt calm and I felt a smile coming back to my face and I was able to return to the girl. So it's, it was like two minutes, two minutes that allowed me to treat myself well and bring me out of the chaos. And it allowed me to go on with the night, which is the most important thing. Like meditation allows you to create those, those breaks in your day so that you can move on and do the things that you have to do. Yes. Well, I also think just having this conversation is so helpful because we almost have to uh, train ourselves and allow ourselves to take a break. You know, a lot of times we're in that situation and we don't even think about, oh, well, I can step out for a few minutes. And I think that's an invitation for the listeners. Can you uh, allow yourself to recognize the moments when it's time to step out just for a few minutes? And I have to say, I did that during my 
the wedding rehearsal dinner at my own <laughs> during my wedding week. It was um, there was kind of a lot of stress before the wedding with people flying in, and we just had like a few mini disasters. And by the time I got to the dinner. I just had the worst stomach cramps, like just mm. felt so nauseous. And I was sitting at dinner and I looked at my brother Nick and I was like, I am in so much pain right now. Like I just do not feel good. And I'm like smiling, you know, like trying to keep mm-hmm. it together. And he just like leans over and he's like, why don't you just like go away and tap? And I'm like, this is my party. And he's like, yeah, but speeches aren't going to start until everybody finishes eating, like, just sneak away. Mm-hmm. No one's going to notice. And I did. I, I left for, like, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I tapped and I meditated and I felt the anxiety leave. And I went back and I enjoyed myself. And it wouldn't have happened if I felt yeah. like I needed just to force myself through it. That That's the thing. I want to live this life. I want to fully enjoy the experiences. And I also want to fully show up for the experiences. Like, you know, I have five kids uh, from college age all the way down to toddler. And I have to show up for a lot of people every single day, just starting out, like before I even go out into the world for work. So it's important for me to be able to show up with full integrity and with full capacity. (laughs) So I can't, so the meditation allows me to do that. Those breaks allow me to do that. If I didn't, like, what's the alternative? I I could muscle my way through any stressful situation. I can white knuckle my way through a Girl Scout meeting, but by the end of it, I probably would have been really irritable, maybe snapping at my daughter, maybe going home and not feeling great and not being able to engage with my husband in a way that's healthy. So if I don't take the break, like what happens if you don't take the break for people who say, I don't have the time. Well, what's the alternative to just feel terrible all the time? Yeah. That's one thing that I've really been beginning to understand at a whole new level that in order to really show up, we also have to give ourselves time to disconnect. Yes. And you said it much better. (laughs) Well, and that I think is the perfect transition (laughs) to begin to talk about this political climate. (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. Because it's something that I have been thinking a lot about. Like it's, you know, I get sucked in like everybody else. And I've, Mm -hmm. again, realized in order for me to show up for what's most important and to be an activist and to be proactive in the causes that I believe in, I also have to disconnect. And -hmm. I think the problem is we're not disconnecting and we're feeling this overwhelm and this anger and this frustration. And I think part of us believes that we have to feel this way or else nothing will change. So, like, let's just address Mm -hmm. that belief that if I'm not panicked and overwhelmed, then it means I don't care. Okay. All right. Let's address that. So here's the thing. You don't have to feel a certain way. And we need to remove that dialogue. There's no way that anyone is supposed to feel. Just like there's no one way to be an activist. There's no one way to protest. There's no one way to be a good citizen. So... What we do have to do, though, is allow the feelings that are coming and not try to talk ourselves out of the negative stuff or the positive stuff. So I've heard people say that it's not appropriate to be happy during a lot of, you know, turmoil that's, you know, that's going on, which is crazy because I think that the, these little pieces of happiness, when we can find them, we should absolutely take them and eat them up and enjoy them because that's going to give us the fuel. It's like, 
when you go to battle, you have to stop and eat and drink. <laughs> like, go into some, or like if you're playing a sports game or if you're Lady Gaga and you're going out for the Super Bowl, like you have to refuel. And it's, um, it's funny that people think that it's not appropriate to feel joy or to take a break or to recharge because, you know, if you do feel like whatever side you're on, if you feel like you have a, a big fight ahead of you, a battle ahead of you, you absolutely have to arm yourself with all the tools that are going to allow you to show up in that moment. That being said, um, one of the best pieces of, it, of advice my mother ever gave me, or one of the best lessons she ever taught me was from the Bible. She was a religious woman. Uh, that there's a season for everything. And right now, maybe this is a season to feel a little bit sad or a little bit frustrated or a little bit overwhelmed or a little bit angry. Um, and that's okay too. So I'm allowing those feelings and not trying to talk myself out of them constantly because I see people doing that too. Like, oh, you know, this is too negative. I, I need to feel a certain way. And it's, it's just counterproductive because you're forcing yourself to feel a way that doesn't feel natural. Right. I think what we all need to do is learn how to navigate. That's really yeah. what we're doing. It's like we're navigating something that's very new, regardless of what side you're on or what position mm -hmm. you're taking on any issues. We're all navigating. And the best way to navigate is to have those moments where we connect with ourselves and we realize what's right for us. Like what's our unique formula that helps us show up in the way that we want to and be a light in this world and, right. you know, and help others and be productive. But like, you know, scrolling on your phone – nonstop um, and being sucked in. And I have completely been there. Um, and I have to remind myself, okay, I have to disconnect and just have more intention. Like I want to just live with more intention and be more aware of what I'm doing instead of getting caught up in kind of this unconscious, just like a like this zombie walking around in panic. So that's where meditation can be 10 seconds. Every single morning, I set a morning intention. I have my gratitude practice, my meditation practice, and then I set my intentions for the day by asking a question. And the question is, how may I serve? Mm. It's easy as that. So how may I serve, especially in this, you know, tense political climate is that I want to talk about myself, my values, how I show up in the world in accordance with those values to inspire other people to do the same. So I don't want people to show up in the same way as me. I just want them to connect with their values so they can show up and mirror those in the world. So I ask, how may I serve? And yeah, I get sucked up in the news feed. And, and, I, and before I even click to share something or before I comment, I ask myself, how is this in service to this morning's intention? Mm, how is this in service that. to that? And that is a meditation. It's a connection with myself. It's careful contemplation on a simple, single concept that takes five seconds. And the answer comes to me. And I'll tell you, 95% of the time, it's this is not in service. <laughs> Do something else. <laughs> so so you, you'll notice, I mean, for people who follow me on social media, it's very obvious where, you know, my loyalties lie, but you'll see that I've, I've really never taken the low road. I've never made fun of anyone's appearance. I've never called names. I really try to stick to that morning intention. And when I don't, it feels terrible. It's almost instantaneous that I'm like, all right, I'm out of alignment. This doesn't feel good. So, um, I would, I would recommend that to people as part of like their morning practice, ask yourself, how may I serve? And it doesn't have to be in terms of politics. It could be, how may I serve my community, my family? Sometimes the answer is just be nice 
to the people at the checkout line today. Like just be nice to everyone that you have to deal with in customer service. Um, And that reminder allows me, you know, spread light, spread love, all that good stuff. Yes. I love that. I would love to like have a, an experience and do a meditation. Um, but before we do that, I mean, I just want to mention again, your book is called You Have Four Minutes to Change Your Life. And wh- why four and not five? I'm curious. Just- <laughs> <laughs> the reason is so silly. Uh, when I first started out on YouTube, I was a fitness trainer and I made videos about some, it's they were it's called the Tabata method and it's very short four minute workouts um very high intensity usually cardio workouts and when I transitioned to making videos about meditation and sharing more of my personal life and my personal spiritual journey I was trying to find a way to get people to actually watch them so the old videos were you have four minutes and the new videos where you have four minutes for meditation. And it kind of took, it's kind of tricked all of my fitness people into meditation. And it's been really great because that's what I want to do. I really want to bring meditation and mindfulness to the masses. I don't want it to be something that feels like, uh, you know, outside of, you know, what you can accomplish. Um, and I really want to reach people that might not ever pick up a book by Deepak Chopra or, uh, you know, or might not necessarily, you know, be in this, in this, wellness spiritual world. So it worked. <laughs> yes. And you know, you already mentioned it, but you have five kids. It's almost like if you can do it, anyone can do it. Hey, and you run a business. <laughs> so <laughs> so sometimes when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have time, I'm like, oh, Bex, if Bex can do it, I can do it. Um, so before, again, before we go into the actual um, meditation, people can pick up your book and learn a lot of great tips. But if there is just one thing that you hope that people remember when they begin to build their own practice, what would that be? That meditation is for them, that happiness, uh, loving yourself, loving your body, loving your relationships, truly enjoying life is something that is absolutely attainable when we allow ourselves to be open and allow ourselves to see the opportunities for joy everywhere around us and in every moment, no matter what's going on. There's still those glimpses of joy. They're sent here to feed us and to sustain us. So grab onto them. Yes. And what I also love is that, you know, you talk about, you know, different ways that you can meditate, but I've also heard you talk a lot about meditating in your car. Like when you Mm -hmm. have to wait, when you're picking up one of your kids and you just have those few minutes. And I loved that because I thought, wow, you know, I've always thought like I should do it at a certain time in a certain place, but I can really just begin to become aware of like, when are there these little moments that I can just begin to have this experience? Yeah, they're transition moments. Like I said, create those pauses in between the activities during the day to allow you to recharge because there's, we deal with a lot. We deal with a lot of um, things that cause sensory overload, whether it's just scrolling through your newsfeed or dealing with coworkers or whatever. So it's important to, to recharge in between. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go into um, a meditation. Anything that we should know before we start? Um, Well, first, I'm going to ask you what you're ordering up. Do you want a four minute? Do you want let me look at the menu um <laughs> let's do let's do a in honor of your new book let's do four minutes four minutes okay perfect this is great so for all of you who are listening 
I want this meditation to serve as your little break during your day to get quiet, to connect with yourself, to check in, to truly honor you and your worthiness in this moment. Start by closing your eyes gently and focusing your attention on your breath. Your inhales and exhales that serve you so well, that give you life, that energize you, that sustain you. Just follow them as they are in this moment. No need to change a thing. Notice your inhale traveling in through your nose, down the back of your throat, filling your chest, your belly, resting in your seat, and then leaving you again out your mouth. Notice them traveling in and out easily without any effort at all. One of the laws of the universe is that when you pay attention to something, it changes on its own. Allow this meditation to be a time when you just take it easy and you allow things to be as they are. As you continue with your easy inhales and exhales, acknowledge the beauty of this moment. Know that right now by tuning into this podcast, by taking the time to learn, and then taking the time to connect with yourself in meditation that you are doing something wonderful and loving for yourself. Congratulate yourself for being good to you, knowing that this is essential for your well-being knowing that this is going to allow you to show up for all the things and all the people in your life that mean the most to you. You are in service to others by loving yourself in this moment. Sitting up nice and tall. And with your next inhale, allow a smile to form on your face. 
Allow yourself to feel the energy that your breath brings to your whole body. And when you exhale, release any tension that might be still hanging around. We'll do that two times together. Inhale. Exhale, release. Inhale. Exhale, release. And if it feels good, just open your eyes and return to us. <sighs> that wasn't so bad. That was pretty it, nice. <laughs> it was so easy. It was so easy. I mean, that's the point. I love um, – I really love this book, Bex, and I'm so happy that you came on to share so much with us. And I think the biggest thing that I hope people get from our time together is to just find these small moments and how – easy it is. And in your book, you go through a lot of different meditations that are, you know, really simple for us to you know, read a few times and close our eyes and have our own experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm giving them 27 meditations that cover all areas of life from body confidence to loss to abundance. So there's there's something in there for everybody. Definitely. Yes, I was telling you, I was texting you last night. I was like, what I love about your book is that you can read it through once and then it's just this great resource that you can go to mm -hmm. the part anytime you anytime you need it. Where can people pick up your book and just stay connected with you? Okay. So <laughs> if you go to bexlife.com, B-E-X-Life.com slash book, you will be able to get links to buy the book and all different places online and also pick up some extra gifts from me. I created some exclusive bonuses for everybody who buys the book and that I'm super proud of and that I think I put as much work into as the book itself. So it's <laughs> definitely, definitely a lot of value there. And, um, and you'll also be able to connect with me all over social media. I love the internet. So I will definitely say hi if you holler at me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Bex, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.